everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Black Hill Podcast. I am your host, OBJ, for Black Careers on Facebook at Dose Reality. And I'm joined by my guest to my right. I want to introduce yourself. Tell me about this. Hey, hey, hey. And we're joined in by our special guest here tonight. <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Raven. I am a model. I actually have my degree in psychology, so I am considered a model with a um, degree. Um, And I'm happy to be here. My first time on this podcast, my first time being on Instagram live. Hey, (laughs) Hey, welcome, welcome. I appreciate you being here. So for those joining in, this is the Black Hill Podcast, uh, where we talk about different various topics correlating to Black creators and the community are just black individuals. And today's black hill topic is cultural diaspora or diaspora, how are people on that? But I'll go with diaspora. So um, yeah, so just to like to start with the concept, I always like to start with this question where we go on our topics is what comes to mind? So what comes to mind when you think of cultural like uh, diaspora? Like uh, I'll start with someone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So basically, all right. So I want to give some context. So basically, uh, it's it's uh, I would say it's having like a homeland. Let's say like uh, you know, Nigeria. I'm Nigerian, right? So my homeland, Nigeria. You have your people there. You have your culture. You have your traditions. How people cultivate in one uh, particular homeland, and how it uh, differs or uh, is carried over to another place, like the United States. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like spreading your culture to another state and cultivating mm-hmm. in another area aside from your homeland. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to talk about, our similarities or differences of, from, from somebody dispersing from their culture or their homeland, like Nigeria, for example, and how it, how their livelihood and, and lifestyle has changed or maybe has uh, learned from, from their homeland into another uh, a place like the United States, for example. So... Pretty much good now. So it's just taking playing people from one homeland and kind of cultivating to another place. You know? So uh just give like a word, maybe a, a few sentences or a phrase that comes to mind. I'll start with our special guest. When you think of the word cultural uh diaspora. Well, the first thing that came to mind was differences, you know. Okay. Growing up in a very cultural home and then you're going out in the public, especially in America, where it's not really so cultural, you have some advantage, but then you do have some differences. So that's my take on the word. (laughs) Okay, okay. And uh, Tony, since you have just a word, a phrase or anything, just comes to mind. What comes to mind when you think of like, so you think about homeland people and then you call the things on that place. I think about family. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's a good one too. I think that also uh, at times because sometimes, also with me when it comes to that, I think family can be left behind, or they could ask their children to kind of descend their culture um, to whatever the place they go. Like for me, like I have uh, my father's Nigerian, my mother's Panamanian, uh, so they grew up in their respective home places, and then me being born in the states, I had to learn a bit of their culture while being here. So that I was like more of a descendant of my family's culture and having to learn their ways while being in the States prepared to be in their homeland or like that. Even though I would have liked, you know, but you know, they want me to be here. <laughs> but um all right, yeah. And this is something else that came to mind. So I want to talk about cultural identity. 
So um, just to give a brief context, I want to like just go around to say like uh, you're a descendant, like what's your background? And uh, so I'll start first. Like like I said, uh, I for those who don't know, I am descendant of a uh, mother that's not uh, Panamanian and father that's Nigerian. So I would consider this Nigerian Panamanian, uh, born in the state. So what would you be? What's your ethnicity? ethnicity. Ah, I always struggle <laughs> saying that word. I don't know. Ethnicity. There we go. I'm English and Jamaican, but I was born in the United States. English as UK English? That's fancy. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Okay, okay. I have a thing for UK people. That's why I was like, British Everybody has a thing. <laughs> All right, um, and to our special guest, Raven, Wood, or <laughs> So my mom is Jamaican and Maroon Indian, actually. And my Fatima, okay. so... I'm a descendant from, I would say, both two beautiful countries that I hope to visit one day. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's, you still have a lot of life to live. You know, a lot. Live, <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, hopefully you get the chance to, like, be a part of your culture or something. And probably learn um, something within yourself that just being a part of other people and their surroundings and things like that. Um, so when it comes to, like, culture identity, because, um, you know, being in the States, how, how was, what was, like, the pros and cons? So I guess, like, you come with a few pros and maybe a, and a few cons, uh, being descendants of parents and you're in the States. Uh, how, how did that mesh with as far as, like, you know, trying to relate to your parents and trying to learn about their ways and how they identify self and how you try to identify self being in the States and, you know, maybe just trying to be your own person and, uh, while still learning their culture? I would say the pros would be the discipline. I do feel like people who are from a Caribbean island have a lot of discipline because majority of them, when they come to America, they're coming for a better life. So they're focused and they're determined to get whatever, you know, they want to get compared to now where it's, Growing up in a household, my mom always wanted me to be a nurse. And that's something I never wanted to do. She thought that being a nurse was going to complete my life and I just want to be a full-time model. So to her, she's looking at being a model as, you know, not a career that's stable. However, if you look in the, you know, Caribbean islands, being a model over there is not really stable. Some of them come to the United States to get more opportunities and it's just like an ongoing back and forth in this household um, concerning careers. However, though, I would say that the discipline, the drive, um, you know, all the beatings I've gotten when I was younger, it came in handy. It really did. <laughs> okay. So um, you, you, you would take it as like a lesson, like a, a learning lesson, just growing and trying to involve with your culture, but also with your identity. And because uh, some of the things that came to mind as well is that, like, when you're talking about, like, be, being in the teachings and everything like that, is that uh, there's certain, there's, there's a lesson or a curving lesson or however you want to describe it when it comes to, like, what your your parents are trying to instill with you and they're trying to carry this, maybe this legacy or this, this yeah. tradition and whatever. Uh, and sort of the burden that comes with that, I, I guess, identity as well as just trying to navigate through your own life. So how was it like for you as far as like, you know, did you feel like it was too much of a burden? Did you feel like, oh, I'm just listening with open ears and things like that and just take it in? 
or how, how did you take it as far as like trying to find your way through life or whether it was your purpose, your goals, and everything like that, but also dealing with uh, the things that your parents were trying to instill in I would say for a while, I, hmm, I've dealt with imposter syndrome. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted to be what I wanted to be, but then my mom wanted me to be what she wanted me to be. And that was, you know, go to college, get a good job, have benefits and, you know, get married at an early age and, you know, not date outwards, you know, make sure whoever you're dating is, is within the same religion, which I, you know, I do agree because dating outside your religion may be a little bit hard. So as I got older and as I, you know, completed college, I realized a nine to five may not, you know, truly be for me, you know, I wanted to model. I love kids. I do want to start a nonprofit with kids. And it was hard for my mom to understand, like, why would I try to give up a job that has full benefits to do something that she thinks is so Americanized? She thinks modeling is just something that American girls you know, want to do. And she really feels that, you know, in order for me to stay to my roots, I have to just work hard for everything, but she's not realizing I could still work hard and pursue the dreams that I want to um, pursue. But then I also realize I have to be easy on her sometimes because she comes from Jamaica. So you're coming here. You're not really getting a chance to pursue your dreams. You're doing what you have to do to put food on the table, to have money in the bank, to make sure we have a shelter over our heads 24 seven. So I feel like part of her don't understand that now she already have done that. She already left her legacy to the point where now she basically run so I could walk, you know, I'm not walking slowly, but she made, you know, her coming here, giving us a better life, made it easier for me, my little sister to achieve what we want to achieve. But sometimes she just doesn't see that. Oh, man. That's, 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 that's problem. And uh, Tony, how was your experience as far as your identity? You know, being British, but um, uh, facing that identity for yourself, and then what your parents were trying to teach you and things like that, and just also trying to live your life uh, of just being your own person. I think I'm. I've never been to the UK. I always wanted to go, okay. but I think we're more. Jamaican than we are like English. She's like make like accent and all of me. But Is um, your mom? Okay. Yeah. She's only like half English. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So she's half English, half Jamaican. And then my father is both. Oh, okay. Got it. So um I wouldn't say it was hard because mm-hmm. It was already instilled in me that that's what I am. And growing up, it's like everyone wants to be doing it. Everybody around me. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Everybody was a Jamaican growing up. What was that? I said everyone was Jamaican, and you asked them, like, where are they from? Oh, I'm from Kingston. That's the only part that you. Everybody would lie, so he's Jamaican too. I think that was just a, 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 a I don't know if it, whether they took it serious or not. I think that was just, just because it, it was just a a trendy time where it was like Jamaica was just like, yeah. yo, it was just so popping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the food, the, the dancing, everything. So it, it just robbed me. Yeah, so I was just like, oh man, that, that looks so dope. I want to be a part of it. And then sometimes people would just make out their, their, their Jamaican yeah. accent and everything. I'm just like, bro, you're not Jamaican. Because like, you're talking to like a real, like, you know, 
It's not with an S on the end, but okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been messing up my vocabulary ever since this this whole day. So fine. it's fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, they just want to like just be a part of the culture because the the, the dialect, the, the language, um, how they interacted was just it's just so different. It's so yeah. I guess refreshing. It's what everybody was listening to. Everybody was yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was um, playing at all the parties. Alkaline, everybody. It was yeah. just people. Oh, my God. Like, you um, have to, yeah, definitely. And Elephant Man was definitely a pretty oh, Elephant oh, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. huge. So, yeah. everyone thought they were Jamaican some way. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, I want to transition now. Uh, I talk about the food. You know, but I love my food. You know? um, <laughs> Uh, how was how was it like you know uh, to have some of the foods that you cultivated here uh, from compared to your everyday meals and maybe your favorites from like your uh, the homelands that your parents was from? Listen, Jamaican food is good. Let me just start there. Nothing. Yeah. I may get some heat for this, <laughs> but nothing can compare to Jamaican food, and I could never. <laughs> I could never get tired of home cooked food. I could never get tired of Akin sawfish. I could never get tired of oxtails, curry goat, everything, you name it. Rice, listen, there's nothing compared. So before I turned vegan, before I get into that, um, I used to compare every outside food to my mother's cooking. Like, for example, mac and cheese, well baked macaroni cheese, I would be like, this is not it. You know, my mom makes it 10 times better. And mm-hmm. when I went to school and I, I, you know, for lunch, they serve those pizzas that look like a box and it's mad hard and the cheese, you could just scrape it off with your hand, not even cheese. Those are disgusting. So I started to beg my mother to just basically pack some lunch for me, even if it's cold, pack it up, do what you have to do so I could eat it. Up to this day, I'm still not an outside food person, even though me being vegan, I am vegan, but I still try to put like some of my Jamaican culture in it. I have to because without it, I feel like vegan food is very bland. And up to this day, I just cannot really do outside food. I compare it to my mom's cooking. I just feel like Jamaican food is number one and it's not going to get better than that. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so that was confident. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say it's up there, you know, as far as uh, I, I would just cultivate more like Caribbean food. Because really um, for me, uh, I think uh, African Nigerian food is the best, in my opinion. So uh, but everybody has their opinion about it. So, but uh, yeah, so how was, how was your experience uh, for you, Tony, as far as like, you know, Jamaican food from your homelands and how it was cooked compared to how it is now? I feel like you're very lucky because. It's like the only time my mom makes Caribbean food yeah. is Christmas. Thanksgiving. Oh, man. Everything else is like white rice, corned beef, maple oh. steak, yeah. cut up steak, baked chicken. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, that's, 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 kind of, that's kind of sad. Yeah, that is sad. <laughs> <laughs> my oh, heart just, you know, felt when you said that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think. Because uh, for me, like, uh, I don't think there was like a special occasion. Like, so let's, I, I want to give some more of the more context. So, I mostly was raised by my mom. Uh, 
you know, headed separated, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I had more of a taste of our food, being Panamanian, uh, like uh, dishes that they have again, things like that. Uh, she likes to eat like bacalao, fish, uh, rice, rice and beans, uh, platanos, all that kind of stuff. And it was really good. I'm not going to I'm just like, there's times where I'm about to be drooling. I'm like, yo, like, this little hand, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, but also, it was so dope because there was times where, like, because she knew, like, when Tom was ill of my father, she knew uh, Nigerian dishes as well. So she would sometimes mix her culture of food and the Nigerian food, and she'd be making, like, you know, sometimes experimenting and things like that. And I'm just like, oh, what is it? And I'm like, my mom be already drooling before I even touch the food, you know what I'm saying? Like, so good. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, sometimes you add like a little spice here and there, or whatever. Um, but she'd be eating like a little bizarre stuff that I wouldn't even touch, like pig feet and all this, I don't know, like eyes and feet of something or whatever. I, I don't touch eyes and feet of anything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, it was just, but it was dope just to see a blend of culture as well. Because yeah, it's like, you know, I think sometimes people take too pride in their food and whatever. And they don't try and experience other people's food, or they, they have more of a bias or whatever things that come to you know foods and things like that. But like, uh, I, I like my food as well. I love my food, but I still try to cultivate probably other people's food. You know how it was made. Try to give more respect uh, level to how they make it compared to how it was, I guess, colonized or Americanized in that kind of sense. Because it's oh, like, what are you doing? What are you, you you'll know when like somebody from another country makes a, a, a certain dish. Yeah, you cool. You a certain way. <laughs> And they'll be like, what, what, what are you doing? No, that's, that's not how you do it. That's how you do it. So everybody has a different method. Everybody has a different uh, way of learning uh, their dishes and things like that. Um, anything else to add as far as, like, cultural food, like your experiences as far as, uh, oh, wait, what's, okay, so what's your favorite dishes? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know? Curry, um, goat, white, rice. <laughs> what's What's that bread? Cocoa bread? Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> I get that like every day. Yo, she was ready. She was just like, ready for that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so. I, I don't have any um, favorite vegan food. I've only been vegan for like a year, but before I was vegan, my go, my go, my to go dish was jerk chicken. I love me some jerk chicken. I love me some oxtails. Rice and mm. peas, and you know what became my favorite? I'm not sure. Um, I went to this African restaurant. I, I could say that probably is my favorite vegan food that I had. I had powdered yam for the first time, and I had oh, okay. beans, and I had this really hot, hot sauce. It started with a B. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I'm going to pronounce it wrong. I don't want nobody, you know, come for me. <laughs> but it was super spicy, and that was just that put me to sleep. That's how good it was. I had food about to put me to sleep, but that right there, that outside food, it knocked me out. It was so good. So I have to say that's like my vegan favorite combined dish. <laughs> okay, okay. And I think for me, um, I love my jollof first, and I love my plantain. And uh, some, when it comes, I, 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 like, I like also fufu. Like fufu is like the thing you Oh, that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love uh, my ngusi soup as well. Nigerian people will know what I'm talking about. Um, I think it, it, it more cultivates with soup and also like handmade foods that you could just like, you know, we don't use forks and knives or anything. It's just like, you know, I think that was also that family tie element by just people surrounding you and just like using your hands. I think also Indians and also the people of elf culture. Yeah. Uh, 
And I think also Asian, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's just more like handmade, like, you know, just pick up the letter, like, you know, don't make the, you know, your meal and it'd be good for the day. And, you know, they eat, you know, uh, they eat a lot, you know. Uh, they, when I was in Nigeria for like a month, mm-hmm. uh, morning, breakfast, like morning, afternoon, lunch, like big bowls, like big, big, big bowls. And I'm just like, damn, like, is this only for me? Like, you know, I'll be like, damn, like, you know, this is like you can serve like three or four people. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, I don't know if I feel this. No, 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 no. It's for you, it's for you. And they, they cook big. So I think it's more of like just having everybody cultivate together and just coming together and just like eating big portions of milk. But, you know, um, everybody got to get, you know, eat. Everybody got to eat. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So um, I want to talk about, I guess, the cultural discrepancies that you face. Uh, you know, being of uh, Jamaican descent, uh, what were some of the, what were some things that you probably was aware of or, you know, experienced as far as the, the disalignment as far as Jamaican culture out there and, and here and how they try to cultivate it in the States and uh, the differences that you saw in that? Hmm. I would, I want to say that some people try to, one thing I've experienced is that when my mom told me people in Jamaica, overall, some of them were where she grew up because she grew up in the countryside. So she said she came from an area that's very calm and quiet. But then up here, people would try to say like, oh, like Jamaicans are like very loud and we have like a certain persona about us. And it's it's not really true, you know, because my mom said if you actually go to Jamaica, you know, if they're loud is because they're playing a game or they're just having fun. You just don't walk around yelling for no reason. So I would say that's one of the things that I've noticed when I tell people, oh, you know, I'm half Jamaican. Oh, so you're like aggressive. You have some aggressiveness in you. I'm just like, whoa, whoa there, buddy. <laughs> you could try to get to know me first before you try to label me as that so but I do realize when I used to when I tell people that I am like half Patamanian it's like a it's like a shocker like oh you know I didn't expect you to be half Patamanian you don't look Patamanian so I'm just like you know, what what do a Patamanian look like <laughs> so I would say both of that um not a lot of people expect me to be Jamaican in Patamania, a lot of people expect me to be Nigerian, I would say, due to my face structure. And they, that's the first thing. They'd be like, oh, you have such high cheekbones. Like, where are you from? You know, they never really ask where I'm from. And then once they learn, they get into, I would say, the stereotypes that America perceived about, you know, Jamaican to Patamanian. So that's the little things that I've dealt with, you know, on a day-to-day basis. Okay, okay. Was there any kind of discrepancy or... Uh differences that you face as far as like how people may perceive you, uh, the things that you, where you came from, and uh, how, was, how did you handle it? What was your experience with that? I don't think I really have one. I feel like most people don't really think Wow. 
Uh, okay, uh, man, that's, 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 uh, I don't know if, uh, well, for me, I know I have, like, varying experience with it. So, because, um, you know, I mean, like I said, we born, being born in the state, uh, and then once they found out, like, I'll, I'll, I'll say from, like, a kid's standpoint that maybe growing up from there, uh, when they found out that, you know, my, my, my father was a variant, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about the Panamanian side as well. So, like, as far as the, the I guess, discrepancy or the uh, stereotypes that I was facing is that, oh, like, oh, you, you could run fast, that you, um, you know, they call the names, like, well, African booty stretcher, oh like, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and um, it's just like, it was just like, oh, like, you know, you're a cheat code, like, you, you, you're just natural born athlete and everything like that. We just have this this um, up and up, you know, even like, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure y'all heard about, even with Jamaican athletes, they're like, oh, like, you know, fast runners, you know, when you saw in the Olympics, that's going on right now. One, two, three. And, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, so that was the kind of things I was facing. It's like, oh, like, you just, it's in your blood. It's like, you're you're a cheat code. Like, you could just naturally run. I was a fast runner because uh, I was very athletic. You know, I used to play football as well. So, uh, but does it mean that everybody has that in them? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I've seen other, like, Nigerians and everything like that. They're not, like, naturally born, like, athletes or anything like that. They don't I agree. Have some, special about them maybe they have other qualities about them maybe like their mindset their, their intelligence um, their characteristics it's, it's everybody's different individually so not everybody has a line of like oh like you know, they could do something special just because of uh, the perceived or stereotypes of where they came from okay. so that was that for that um uh with the Panamanian side there was only one experience i had when somebody thought i was fat and it was so random to me because <laughs> So I mostly was I mostly grew up in the South Bronx, you know, and I was taking I, I don't know if I was taking the bus to school or what, what I was doing, but I was taking a bus away from home somewhere, and I was in the back of the bus, and then this lady came to the back and she was speaking to me in Spanish. I was like, uh, I don't know, I was like, I was like, I don't speak no Spanish, and she said, Oh, like I thought you, you know, Spanish. Whatever. That so she never happened to me. <laughs> yeah, so, but like her English wasn't that good, but I could still understand what she was saying. And she was like, "Oh, like where you from?" <laughs> and, um, I was like, so I, I didn't tell her like the whole school because I told her like my mom's side. I said, "Oh, I'm Panamanian, so maybe that's why you think." Yeah. Like, and she's like, "Oh, Panamanian!" Like, <laughs> so that was the only like experience that I had, and it was kind of like surprising to me because that's the only person that I remember. I mean, there's probably other times that happened, but those are my first time remembering something yeah. to me and thinking, like, you know, one way about me and stuff like that. But there was a lot of negative stereotypes that came exactly. with or discrepancy that came with more of the African side of my, you know, uh, part of family compared to my um, uh, Hispanic or Panamanian side because my mom was really preserved and like speaking Spanish. She won't speak Spanish to anybody. She would not come to her and speak to her. No, she would not. Unless the only time the only time I remember was what um when she had like kind of like a best friend or something living uh-huh. the probably we did in South Bronx. And that was the only time I heard her speak Spanish to uh to her friend like that. Other than that, she would not oh and I also went to our family member out in because I have family out in Baltimore as well. Um shout out to Baltimore. But yeah. and that was the only time. And I was like, okay. And then she she would not speak it. Even if other people spoke it, she would not she would not speak it back to them. So that was the only time with that. Um, the other question that I had in mind was the the, the teachings and lessons that you uh, uh, got from your parents. Like, what were some of the teachings 
and, and lessons that you that they, they try to instill to you um, being in the States, but it's a whole different um, kind of uh, uh, environment and lifestyle being here, you know what I'm saying? I, I'll, give, I'll give an example. Like, uh, my father would be like, oh, like, um, I don't know why you would tell me this because I feel like this is like a part of maybe like a general rule of thumb because in Nigeria when it's late, really dark outside, it's really late, you know, it's, it can be very dangerous, you know, especially when you're in the village, if you're going to certain places, it's very dangerous but still, you know, you got to be wild, be careful because they said, oh, he was telling me like, you know, they'll kidnap you or something like that. And I'm just like, okay, like, but that's out there. And then, especially when you're living in the village, like, you know, they have to live, they have a different resource of how they live as far as like applying oil or, or something to, to, to light up the, their rooms or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> supplies and things like that. So it could run for a certain amount of time and then they have to go to the market or whatever, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, all right, I'll tell them like, but that's over there. We have electricity, you know, we are, we're good. Like I'm a grown adult, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know how to be wary. I know that, like everywhere can be dangerous, but I'm just like, I won't, I won't come to the mindset. Like I'm going to be outside and be that cautious of like, I'm going to be careful of course, but you can't prevent something from here. Whether it happens yeah. day or night, things happen. Like, Oh, like, you know, because he always, because he always references back to things in Nigeria. And I'm just like, that's Nigeria. That's what you've been through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So what were some of the things that your parents taught you being from their homeland uh, that they tried to instill to you in the States, but it's just very different? Hmm. I would have to really, I would say one thing my mom really, well, not one, but I would say two things. It would be the way how I dressed. And the way, you know, just to keep a really private life. Like I said, she grew up where she was never really showing skin. So when she sees me (laughs) show skin, it's like, you know, you don't think that's a little bit too short or, you know, I'm just like, mom, it's like 104 degrees outside. You want me to walk off, you know, out with like long sleeve or something. So to her, me showing my stomach and, you know, showing like wearing shorts, it's kind of, I don't think she's really used to it. I mean, like she's used to it now, but if I still leave the house, she's about to ask me a hundred questions, you know, like, where am I going? Like, you know, does the short have to be that short? And I would say privacy. She grew up very, very private. She her family really trained her not to say anything until it's finished. So because she put that pressure on me, like I now in the modeling world, you know, they expect you to open up and, you know, social media expects you to open up, tell a little about yourself. And I'm just really hesitate to even give like sometimes a little bit about myself. And it's not because I don't want to, but it's because the way how my mom grew up in privacy, she's making sure that, you know, I grew up in privacy. So it's really hard for me to really open up, especially on social media outlets in person. I feel more comfortable, but on social media outlets, I just feel very uncomfortable at times. Like, why are you wearing shorts? But it's like, it's hot. 
Wow. <laughs> yes. And then there's the um there's a thing where for some reason she doesn't think like women should be going out a lot. Oh, that's a good one. Missing their friends, even when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I know that that was definitely a thing as far yeah. as like certain women can't be out and about in a certain age. Yeah. Uh, if they was, they either had to be chaperoned by an older brother or something like that. Yeah. So they get back at point time. But yeah, she just elaborate because that is a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think my first time at the beach was like when I was 16. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> I was about to okay. say, um you it's just so refreshing, you know. Yeah. Because and now it made me raise another question um uh about I guess the the, the turning tide or the rebellious phase of this like, you know, I want to <laughs> <laughs> that would do not oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, because like you know, like I said, you're learning about the culture. I don't think I don't know. For me, it, it was so heavily instilled as a, as a kid because you know they did. For me, yeah, I'm gonna say personally, like I was a kid, you know, like whether it be about whatever, you know, play around things like that for other kids and do whatever I can. Yeah. <laughs> but at a certain age, it was just like, okay, I gotta teach you about this. Yeah. Let me like like you know uh, how to uh, do traditional things like when it comes to like iron clothes or like washing your clothes a traditional way or you know how to um be wary of certain things or whatever like um uh there's just there's so many things like so many different like little nuances and, and, and uh, uh little uh uh skill sets that i had to acquire that they they, they learned traditionally and i'm just like it carried over you know it's like even a traditional way how to like uh, iron your clothes like instead of using the iron you just use a, a, the pot so I learned all these little different tricks, especially for my mom. I think my mom taught me all those things as far as like, even my mom taught me sewing when I was a little. I was just like, that was, you know, that's a good thing to have. Yeah, so you know, it's just like, oh, you want to go clothes? Like, you know, learn how to sew. And then, I think it was just more like a, a a relaxing, peaceful thing for her to do, especially when mm-hmm. you're in a, you're in a city where it's just so, like so rushing in your face or whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you know, do things that kind of like build up skill sets, but also keeps you in a more calm, peaceful state of mind where everything is not always in a rush. It's like, hey, you can take your time to learn these things. If uh, the, the the more technology and innovative way is it's not working because maybe the light may turn off at some point. We're like, what would you do in those situations? You know, it was more like a survival yeah. tactic. So um, that was just for the, just, just to add on as far as the teachings and lessons that my parents instilled um, as a kid, you know, growing up. No, but I never had that because I think it's different for guys. For girls, it was just it's like, so yeah. So I'm just like, they have to be more protective of guys. That's why like, the clothing that y'all mentioned about uh, what to wear, because you know, you know, guys is out there. They're very predatory. They're very visual. Guys, you know, be out there. They're gonna be seeking out and stuff like that. So that was a way of like protecting y'all. Like, so even though there's still gonna be people eyeing you and everything like that, I think that was just yeah. to, to avoid more uh, to avoid. Uh, Going into uh into danger, so getting into less dangers, uh, just being more cautious. Uh, Just to add on to that, as you was talking about the pot, one thing my mom used to do, I used to tell her like I'd have no pencil, like I need to sharpen my pencil. She would like sharpen it with a knife, and then she pencil with a knife, and 
this and this basically stayed with me so long that if I have a pencil, the first thing I would grab is a knife. I wouldn't even pick up a sharpener. I was like, I can sharpen it with a knife, but I'm just like, damn, like Raven, you know, we are in like 2021. Go get that sharpener and use it, <laughs> you know? But yeah, that's yeah. one of the things that she used to, you know, I, I hated it because I'm just like, damn, now I got to do my homework. But I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it, it's funny you say, because my, my father was going to actually tell me how to use the knife and like, just like, like shake yeah. it off and everything like that. It's like, we ain't had no uh, sharpener or anything like that. I was just like, I was scared. I was just like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm going to cut myself <laughs> But he was telling me a way to like press on and like, so you avoid cutting yourself. Yeah. But I was like, I was, I was little. I was just like, you know, he's teaching me this like around like my what, my early teens, maybe a little before I reached teen age, whatever. Yeah. And I'm okay, like, but you know, um, and then those times I got used to it. I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty cool, whatever. Then I'm just like, you know what? Forget this. You know, I'm just gonna use the, you know, <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought up there was some dangerous methods. And just, <laughs> yeah, definitely like, dangerous. Oh, we shouldn't be doing it, you know, in elementary, and but we did it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so like, like I was saying, getting back to the rebellious phase, what was, okay, if you can remember back, what age did you feel like you was turning ties with the rebellious phase as far as, like, uh, the experiences with your parents and things like that, what they were trying to teach you and what they were trying to cultivate you in, and, you know, you just trying to be your own person. Like you said, like, you know, example for y'all was, like, wearing less, uh, more revealing clothes or showing body parts or whatever. So what age did that start and what, and what made you shift the mindset of turn rebellious so you could become more your own person? And does that tie into more the Americanized way, the more Western style way of, of culture? Or was it just your, uh, a you phase that's just like, I'm trying to branch out, experiences different things, different cultures, different uh, lifestyle? I would say 20. It has to be 20. I'm not sure what clicked when I was 20, but I was just like, I need, I need a belly shirt. But I had this rule that if I showed my stomach I wouldn't show my navel so I knew that some part of my mom was still in me because I just felt really uncomfortable showing the navel but I was trying you know showing more belly and I started coming home a little later I asked my mom you know extend my curfew a little bit more and as soon as I turned 21 that was just like you know the number where I was like, listen, I'm 21. I'll use it for everything. I'm 21. I'm 21. You know, I don't want to have curfew no more. I am 21. And I guess around 22, she started to lighten up more. So her plan was either I go through the rebellious stage and she couldn't do nothing about it. Or she's, you know, it was like, you know what, let me just be more easy on her. So she won't fully rebel the way how, you know, she plans on rebellion. So I never got a chance to enjoy the rebellion stage. I wish I did, but I did not because she caught on to it. She was always like two steps ahead. And she met me halfway with some of my, I would say, demands, even though probably three out of 10 was met. But, you know, I wish I went through that rebellious stage because I feel like you learn so much after you finish that stage. So in a way, I felt like she was still protecting me a little bit, but not protecting me to the point where I felt the need to fully, you know, disobey her and rebel, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I get you. I get you. And uh, Tony, what was your experience? Uh, <laughs> 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 the, the, the first age that you remember going back uh, 
you know, turning ties and make the rebellious page. Uh, you're better than me. <laughs> I think I started building at like 14. Oh. Yeah, because yeah, I could not see my friends. Like, you watch other people have birthday oh. parties. Birthday, ah, I see what. Car together. Yeah. Go out to eat. Yeah. Go across the street. Go across yeah. the street. Yeah, we got it. So I would do it anyway. Okay, so yeah, okay, okay. And how did you do? Other than taking the parents, uh, punishing or whatever, like how did it take it? When when did they slowly ease up on like, okay, she's becoming her own person, like let her be kind of thing? Do you remember the age and then how did your parents think? I feel like no matter how much you beat me, I just don't <laughs> listen. Oh, it took years. Yeah. So like I'm like. Maybe 18, you start like, I mean, once I buy it, you can't take it up. So it's like around like teenage years, it's like, okay, still don't listen. But you're simmering down a bit to Mm -hmm. where you're telling me if you're going to go out. I would stay out for like days and not say anything. So they're like, please say something. Please just let me know. And you can do that then. You're not going to stop doing that. Yeah, that's the, that's that's tough because like I remember that time too because it's like uh, even though they try to discipline you so much and, and be so strict on like where to go, who you meet, like who's this person, who who's that person, whatever. I'll be so annoyed. I'll be like, oh, that's my friends. Like they they, they exist uh-huh. in the world. You understand? Like you know, there are people out there. There's not. It's just not only us. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm, a, I'm to be honest, I had a rebellious phase when I was even younger. You know what I'm saying? But I, like I said, I think it's just different. Guys, it's, uh, it is. You can take my stuff, but it's like I draw, so it's like I really don't yeah. care if you take my TV yeah. and everything. Yeah. So and and, and, it's, it. and it's funny when you said about um you buy your own stuff. At the point where you get age by your own stuff. To so my parents, it did not matter. It's as long as you live under it their roof, oh, it, as long as you live under their roof, my stuff Ooh. is there. So cool. <laughs> I'll put this right like, now. <laughs> Yo, and I'm just like, cause I remember when I uh, I brought like uh, my first uh, PlayStation, you know, whatever, and uh, no, it was PlayStation Two, and I was just into video games. I was just like, oh, I'm into video games, like you know, I'll, I'll even tell my dad or mom whatever, and I'm like, can you buy me this, whatever, out of impact life, and um, and I was just like, yo, this is like, because even I think I chipped in too as far as money wise, because I was getting like you know, uh, allowances at the time. And then, yeah, Lucky. yeah, and um, yeah, and then I was just like, yo, but like I did stuff because you know I was doing a lot of chores, I was doing stuff to, to you know me whatever. Too. <laughs> <laughs> they tricked me. They used to tell me every year, yeah. soon get allowance, soon get allowance. Oh. <laughs> and then it's now that I realize I never had. You that. never had yeah, allowance, yeah. girl. I'm with you. Yeah, it's okay. Never had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I'm sorry for y'all, <laughs> but um. So I'll, I'll, you know, work around the world. So I'm like, no. So I was like, all right, this, this feels like something I work hard for or whatever. It's not like a job thing, but it felt like in the position as a kid doing that role. And all right, so I have it, whatever. It's like, share with your brother, share with your sister. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, mom. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, and I'm just like, damn. So like, and and, and we, also because to bring in more context, because I'm the oldest too. So I'm the first uh, born in my family, so I had a lot of responsibility. Very and parents try to carry that too. So like, 
definitely anything that was mine was definitely theirs. You know, it was like no negotiation. I was just so annoying, honestly. Oh, I think yeah. you can't that. Oh, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, my rebellious phase started really young. Uh, I don't know when specifically, maybe my later elementary school years. Uh-huh. And then, um, because I, I was very mature and self conscious as a kid, too. So, I had my kids side just playing blah, blah, blah. I also was so in tune with what was going on in the world and like just being aware. So I didn't really share that with a lot of people. So I think that's what made me more conscious of like how my parents was teaching me in a way that's not really conducive to like parenting. They were just doing their best as well, you know what I'm saying? So I understand that concept as a younger age and I'm getting more curious and I'm learning more. But that's when I became more rebellious. I'm like, I'm like, I don't I can't take this. I'm just like, I'm going outside, I'm gonna play basketball, whatever. But then when he was bringing up again about the question, I at least let them know. That was more important for them because that's all they really matters. They, they're making you go through all this thing, you know, discipline, whatever. At the end of the, your rebellious phase or whatever the case, when it started, it just, it just basically tell them, let them know at least. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm just like, you want to be all that trouble? Yeah, I'm not asking you. Yeah. So I'm going so yeah. Just letting you know I'll be back so so. Yeah. That's it. And then when, so you, and when you don't get back at a certain time, it oh, is man. problems. My mom used to lock the door. Oh my gosh. She used to lock the doors okay oh, I, yes. for oh, a yeah. second she was like I can't I think one more time <laughs> she used yeah. to lock the doors she, oh, she i believe one time she tried to change the lock but yeah. it was That's just true. listen it was like my way or that especially when i couldn't explain to her the friend yeah, yeah. and so you know like my space and all these other social networks was out and if I met a friend like over Facebook or even like a dating app, like where are you going? You know, did I see this friend before? I'm just like, oh, it's online. Have you met this person before? Like, are you going by yourself? So that was just a harder hurdle for me to like cross over. So when I was like, you know, I'm just going out anyways, forget it. She used to put the chain on the door. I would have to like, thank God I was really skinny. I'm way skinnier than I was. I used to put my hand... <laughs> through the door I used to like take the chain off and get inside because it was either I do that or I was sleeping outside it was really her way or the highway when it came to you know, going outside and coming back at a certain if, if I didn't come back at the time she told me to come back to yeah, yeah. alright so uh, the last, well, two last things I want to go to the other before the well one before the conclusion uh, uh, the last thing I want to ask is as far as the innovation in technology, so kind of like flipping the script as far as agriculture, maybe innovation. How was it like for you to teach your parents the new way and styles and cultures as far as like uh, how this phone operates, how this technology works, uh, mm-hmm. how to send an uh, email, whatever the case may be. So what were some things that you experienced with your parents as far as like uh, the turning tide or the, like, I guess, the, the new innovative way as far as Western culture here? honestly i want to hire somebody (laughs) to show my mom how to do emails (laughs) show her how to work a facebook and etc you know it's different because especially i would say email i would say she's i'll give her props she's really good at commenting on my stuff but she comment within like third person (laughs) it's so weird how she does it and i would just say emails is probably like, you know, Raven, can you send this email for me and signing up for certain things? And I would have to say with my 
older say with my older family members one thing I would say is what's really hard for them and I don't understand why it's so hard for them is just sometimes it's either the text message or like I have to tell them not to open that email because that email is a scam like you shouldn't be <laughs> like why are you responding to that so I would say email is really hard but other than that I'm pretty sure one thing they know how to work is whatsapp they can't work nothing else but they know how to work whatsapp <laughs> that is facts that is facts uh, yeah because uh, uh, I'll let you say, say it's been because it's a comment on that is that uh, I don't mean personally, I don't like to add my family on social media. Um, I, could say, I could say some, you know, outlandish things and things like that. Um, that's, I'm not saying that my parents won't understand, you know, my mom especially, but I'm just like, man, they, they get so nosy and I'm just like, what's that? What's that? And ask so much questions. And I'm just like, I don't want to like sit down and explain all this to you. I'm just like, you know, if you're not part of the wave, I just don't, don't try so hard. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, when it comes to emails, um, my mom was okay. She didn't have too much struggle, but, um, I have like a stepmom, so it was a struggle for her. It's like, how do you send that email? How do you compose? Yes. How do you even bring it up? How do you even bring up the part where it's just like, where do I add the part where I add the people's email thing or whatever? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm going through her step by step by step. I'm just like, this is where you put your people's emails. This is the topic. This is how you write your message. Press send down there. So where's the where's the attachment button? It's right there with the click. What what what's the she uh, all these symbols? I'm just like, I'm like my mom right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, bro. I'm just like, yo. And I had to do this so many times, over and over and over. And it and it doesn't like register in your head. You it don't because they're not used to it. You have to remember they're coming from an era where they can easily pick up the phone. They could, I don't know how old, you know, our parents, your parents may be, but, you know, some of them are accustomed to like writing letters or just, I would say postcards. They're not used to this email stuff. It's a whole new language to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Antonio, this is Tommy. What was your experience coming to teach your parents uh, the new way or technology or innovation? I think my mom, she does like a lot of things. How I am with like my hobbies and stuff, no. I get that from her. So she runs business, you know, seven, you know, people like oh, that. Okay. The only thing she doesn't know how to do is like take pictures. I'm like like this. And yeah. she still don't know how to do it. You know, yeah. they do the like cameras on. Oh, like, so close to their face. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's so funny because, like, you tell me she does a business and things like that. I'm just like, but she don't know how to operate a phone. I'd be surprised. All her life, same number, all her life. Oh, okay. Okay. Now she got the newest, what, the iPhone 12? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, what is this? Something else I have to teach her is like the fact that you can watch stuff. Like Netflix or Hulu, oh, that exists. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like she's used to the TV and the files. We record the movie. Oh, uh, the DVRs and yeah. things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah I, I, I remember those days because, like, I remember when my father was hooking up Netflix and, and, um, and I had to, you 
know, try to help the log into the account and set it up to the TV and everything like that. I'm just like, bro. And then when, you know, because I have two little brothers, so when they play around, because they, they're very smart as far as technology. You just hand them the technology, they, they, they know how to do things within, like, some hours. They, they learn really quick. And they will mess, will mess with it, and they'll, they'll log off, or they'll buy something part of the uh, a plan, like they'll, like if they go to any certain series that they want to watch a certain movie, they'll, they'll so it'll be automatically linked so that it, it goes right into their bank, uh, his bank account. So it was just like, oh, who made all these purchases? Who made all these purchases or whatever? And I'm just, man, I'm just like, y'all in trouble. So I, I would have to like learn how to uh, set it away so it don't have an automatic uh, uh, transaction as far as that. And just like navigating and solving all that stuff when it comes to the streaming service, they, it's a whole nother thing just trying to teach them uh, how to go to the even how to go to it. Like they even know how to like it's right there. Like yeah. Netflix, <laughs> HBO, Disney, all that stuff like that. So it, it was a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, all right, so to conclude this, um, there's a segment I like to call uh, "Dose of Reality." So it's pretty much a higher to the to the partiality or the reality of uh, you know the cultural that the the ice, the ice, bro. Oh man, I'm struggling with words all day. I'm okay, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was saying uh, a twice with the S at the end. I was just like all over, and, and I usually don't make make a mistake with that because, like, I have a, a friend, uh, a, a friend, uh, Yoli. Shout out to Yoli. She's she gonna watch this. So shout out to you. Because um, she's also Jamaican, and like I always be talking to her, and I, and I don't be stumbling like that. So I don't know why today, but uh, it is what it is. We have our day. But um, yeah, so it's, it's basically called the dose of reality. Uh, so it's a here's tomorrow to the reality of the situation of what we've been through, what we experienced. Mm-hmm. So what kind of uh, some people kind of will confuse it as an advice, but I just say, oh no, it's just the reality of the situation based on what y'all been through. So what kind of reality being like the main game, you know, I'm a correlate to and then I'll probably say my piece of opinion, would you say as far as cultivating in the states, you know, and also uh, being with parents from the states, uh, or some realities that, that kind of hits you as far as your culture? Uh-huh. The fact that we have a culture, some people don't really have a culture. Mm. We have like things that we do within that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how we like, how black people tend to gravitate to each other. Like, yeah, yeah. my friend. We have that type yeah, of connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting because. Uh, to add on to that, people don't even know like their ancestry or their descendants or whatever, so they don't know uh, where they could go back and trace their roots or whatever. So that's I think another point, right? As far as like uh, maybe learning that, maybe they don't have their parents around uh, for people maybe not grow up with their parents, so they can't learn. That. Maybe they have to learn from a cousin or somebody else. So I just try to find that connection with somebody to say like, okay, like what's my roots? Like you know, if I want to learn about myself. I want to learn my kids, my culture, where I stem from. Maybe the fools that they inhabit, uh, certain traditions that they uphold, things like that. So I think that's most important. Uh, so for you, Raven, what are some, what's our harsh reality or reality of the situation uh, being descendants of uh, Jamaican and Panamanian parents? I would have to agree with you guys, definitely say, just having a culture overall. And also, you know, the fact that you realize that your parents work twice as hard than other people's parents. And you start to see more of that, especially as you get older and you start to hear background stories from, you know, different people, how um, their parent may just have a little bit easier than ours. And also the fact that 
our parents take education very serious compared to some people who are born in, you know, America. They just don't understand the privilege that they have. So I would say that's the difference and harsh realities I've definitely looked at. My mom, she's working for $3, $3. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It's a big difference of how much it was back then to how it is now. It's like, think of it now, it's like, what, $3? Back then. Back then, it was a lot. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, all right. So, uh, cool, uh, uh, where they can follow you on any social media platform that they like. You can follow me at on Instagram at Tony And to our special guest, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram, Raven MC Scott. And I am your host, OBJ. Uh, you can follow the Black Pill podcast at the Black Pill Society. And then check out our links. Uh, you'll see our most of our uh, or all of our social media platforms that we have available. Uh, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, you name it. And we're on the major uh, platform. Uh, and make sure you, you know support us. Uh, just follow us on Instagram. Uh, that's where we usually keep more of our up to date content, things like that, things that's going on. Uh, you can check out our reels, our you know our highlights, and things like that. Uh, and yeah, just you know, just support. And also on this YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Keep up content. And also, when you check out the link in our, to our bio, there's a Patreon. You sign up to a Patreon, you get exclusive access to uh, either behind the scenes, after hour discussions, uh, extended conversations that goes beyond just usually this hour portion of the, of the podcast, and just a lot more other stuff. So uh, make sure you just you know go, click on the link in the bio. So, uh, sign up to our Patreon, become a Black Club member, and also tell us your thoughts about this uh, topic as well. What was your experience as far as your culture, your descent, things like that? Uh, what things that you learned? What was the different perspective that you took in as well? And maybe some reality of the situation, especially for us Black people, people in, in this country, the things that we've been facing, being first-generation children as well. So uh, I really appreciate any thoughts and feedback as well. So. Yes, this is your host, OBJ. You can follow me at Instagram at T-H-E-O-B-I. Uh, just on Instagram, you know, I'm not really anywhere else. You know, I try to follow my my social uh, media platform is limited. I don't be all over like that. So yes, just subscribe to uh, follow me on Instagram and also follow the podcast at our uh, social media platform. So, and I can close this episode of the Blackfield Podcast. I am your host, OBJ. Yes, I said it for the third time so y'all can hear me, so y'all can know. And good night.